Welcome everybody to the August update from Rosecut. I'm joined by Mike, who hosted a webinar earlier this week, talking about how to invest through a recession, uh, which proved very timely as we had numbers on UK GDP growth out this week, which showed one of the largest contractions in, in quite some time. And this might be surprising to people, given that markets are not far off all-time highs. I think you mentioned that in a webinar, Mike, because that's been a you know a popular question is, should we be investing still through a recession? And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's understandable how people think that because there are sectors such as the banking sector, which I see is still the worst performing sector in the market. Normally, I think you tend to see this recover when you're in the recovery phase, but we haven't seen that yet. Is that is that normal, Mike? Is that what you're expecting? Hi, Daniel. Thanks for the introduction. I guess it's it's a very strange macro environment in the sense that we have uh, a global economy that's still manifestly su- suffering the side effects of the, the COVID uh, lockdown. There is recovery ongoing at different speeds in different countries. And you mentioned the banks, and I think the banks is quite interesting because banks are an important part of the financial system and the economy in that they effectively transmit or carry money from, let's say, the the financial system into the the real economy. And they're normally quite sensitive to moves in interest rates. So the fact that the bank stocks haven't really moved, I mean, if you look in the UK, many of them are not far off the levels of March and April. The fact that they haven't really moved, I think, tells us that there is a lot of stress going on in the real economy, that the prospect of higher bankruptcies and credit stress, and maybe stress in the housing market, uh, is something we need to keep a, a close eye on in, in months ahead. Um, and there is this tension between you know, some of the, the headline-grabbing tech stocks, be it Apple, Facebook, etc., and their performance, and the banking stocks. And this is something we've seen across a range of countries. It's a red light or a flashing red light um, and something I think we need to, uh, to be quite careful about. Let's go back to this point on bankruptcies and, and what we might expect to see in the near future. Uh, but just before we do that, one of the factors that's been helping markets has been weakness in the dollar. You can almost see it in the performance of emerging market stocks. They tend to benefit from a weaker dollar. I think it was one of the things that the Fed was keen to solve in March time, when you saw a lot of stress in the um, dollar markets, where people were basically selling anything at one point to try and raise dollars. So if you, they opened up these swap lines. And that's helped offset uh, some of these factors like banks a little bit. But, you know, we'll see how, how much longer this lasts because the dollar looks kind of oversold on technical levels, which is something that, you know, technical analysts um, really focus on. As you say, there's, there's all this focus on so-called levels, you know, whatever, 92 or something on the, on the dollar weighted index. The dollar is important, again, because obviously, like the banks, it's part of the financial system. And a strong dollar is often a sign of, of stress in financial markets. It's also something that causes difficulty for emerging markets um, so dollar weakness or dollar softness is actually has been quite quite good for financial markets a part of the recovery process we are at a curious point where people are now talking about debasement of the currency um, and what that means is that there's a suspicion that the u.s authorities will allow the currency to weaken in order to help the the US economy make it more competitive uh, overseas. So that is a tail risk. Um, And it's one of the reasons why as bond deals have come down, 
people have been buying more gold and more silver, but two assets that have that have come uh, come alive. So that's really been one of the big trends, I guess, um, over the course of the last maybe month or so. Um, and as you say, we're at, at the bottom end of the the range. One thing I pick up is that as the euro pushes higher, we're beginning to see European stocks like auto manufacturers react quite badly. So there's also a sense that that strength in some of the other currencies is beginning to um, to cause pain. But I guess in other asset classes, then you, you've been focused a lot on uh, on the credit, on the bond and, and fixed income space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we invested into high yield bonds around April time. That's a, a trade that's worked quite nicely for us. We actually weren't expecting to get quite so much out of a trade, really. We were just looking for a bit of spread compression. Uh, so in other words, the amount of return you get above the safer government bonds. That, that's now played out, I think, and the value that was on offer there is um, less attractive. So I think we'll be reviewing that, and potentially selling out. That's something we'll probably be talking about next month if, if we do that action. The other thing that's you know, playing on our minds in terms of how much support is a high yield market going to get and, and equities as well, is uh, this point around stimulus packages in the US. Trump had did uh, what you call an executive order to get a, a stimulus package through, but it's smaller than what was on offer previously. I think, it, is it now $400 a week you get for joblessness instead of $600? I think he wanted the federal government to give 400 and that states would chip in an extra one or 200 to bring it up to the 600 level, yeah. I think this next stimulus package is still very much a work in progress, beginning to cause a bit of nervousness, I think, at the edges in markets because the, the, the first stimulus package came very quickly, was quite generous across the board, and I think this has helped market sentiment. And of course, we're now into the presidential election campaign proper. That will play into the stimulus package, whether the Democrats want to sign off on something now or, or wait and maybe they're, they're probably thinking that a weaker economy makes it less attractive for people to vote for Trump. That's all coming into the into focus now. That's something we, uh, we're definitely keeping an eye on. Again, we might probably be touching back upon this subject in future monthly updates. You mentioned earlier that as we move into September time, we might see uh, a rise in bankruptcies as um, that immediate help for the economy that we saw in March time. Those sort of measures are you know, cooling off now and the real impact of the shutdown is probably going to start to appear. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think one, one of the, again, with, with the, you mentioned the, the banking stocks at the start. And in a sense, one of the puzzles is that credit markets haven't really reacted to the prospect that you know, debt levels are very, very high uh, and we could see more bankruptcies. Now, I think a large part of that has been the responsiveness of the Federal Reserve. Um, but I think as we get into September, October, a lot of these things that we've been talking about come together, stimulus packages either run out or they become less generous. And we may see more operating stress on businesses. So again, I think one of the, the big stories to watch as we get into the end of the year will be whether we see a rise in bankruptcies and a rise in credit stress across uh, across Europe and the States, and also, I think, China. Yeah, so plenty to watch for. To end on a positive note, uh, I guess we should uh, reference, you know, the economy is starting to open back up. Some of these stocks that are more on the value side of things. I know I've mentioned these before. 
we did see a bit of outperformance by them over the last week or so. It could be that actually over the next month, what we see is markets stay roughly at the same levels, but you see more of a rotation within there. So maybe some of these tech stocks, which everyone's been piling into, just become a bit more unpopular and people look at some of the old economy stocks and, and you see um, outperformance by them. Who knows? We, we shall no doubt comment on that again next month. Any closing thoughts, Mike? As we, we discussed in our investment committee meetings, the, the run into the, the presidential election, which I think would be the dominant event for the rest of this year. I mean, it's been a, an, an event intense year already. I think the things to, for just for people listening, the things to, to watch for will be sort of the amplitude and the shape of the recovery across countries, whether profits improve for certain for, for across companies or whether you see a post-COVID economy emerge where tech-centric companies like our own um, do well at the expense of more traditional ones. Um, and, and then I think the other thing is just the capacity of central banks and governments to continue this big stimulus program in the face of rising indebtedness. Well summarised. Thank you uh, for joining us ever, Mike. Look forward Thanks. to speaking to you soon. Thank you.